0: I mean, I'm a big fan of put your oxygen mask on first. I think it's really important that we actually make time to check in with ourselves. We are the foundation um, and we need to be available for our parenting. That being said, I feel like a lot of parents work really hard to not show our children how we're distressed. But our kids know. Um, Our kids can pick it up. Our kids can feel it. Our kids can narrate it. So I think it's really better to be honest. The only way you can be honest is, is if you check in with how am I feeling? How am I doing? So even if it's a 10-minute check-in that you can provide each kind of day is to really think about how am I really feeling and doing? And then um, it's also really important, especially for little ones, but for others, for us to narrate what's going on for ourselves. We're gonna, we can teach our kids how to manage affect and emotion by explicitly teaching them. Mama's having a really hard day right now because she's really sad about what's been going on, but I am going to be okay. Um, I think that modeling is actually takes us to the second part, which is that's a live example about how to manage emotion. I think it's really important that we give our children permission to have their feelings, that we have permission to have our feelings. We help them to put names and words to it. We help them to understand where it rests within their body. So I can tell that I'm really anxious because I have a hard time sleeping. Um, I can tell I'm feeling angry because my fists are balled up. Those are the things that we can kind of offer to our children, which is about helping them move through their feelings, not shut it down. Have them move through how they can be feeling. Um, We also have to really be willing to listen, to listen to how our children and what they're communicating. Um, I think uh, that we have been paying attention to this in the context of um, COVID, noticing that our children are manifesting their distress in different ways. Um, This is an added multiplier. Um, As my father, who's a physician, used to say, this is one plus one equals 81. Um, This is adding more a synergistic effect in terms of the stressors. Um, So we've got to listen really deeply to ourselves and see how we are doing, but also really deeply um, to our children and how they might be faring as well.
1: Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy!
2: Hello. How are you feeling? Wherever you are inhaling oxygen, life, exhale. Together and individually, we are vital parts of this another episode of the Conversation and Beyond, Healthy Human Interactions, Healthy Hearts, Healthy Minds, the Dismantling of Visible and Invisible Barriers to Healthy Human Functioning. Breathe. heartbeats of a parable. Yes, thus we are, ventricles of our life force, each of us. This episode, we are exploring three sets of actions with proven effectiveness in the process of healing deep wounds, restoring healthy human functioning, and creating wholesome, sustainable environments for the nourishment of community and creativity. And we're asking ourselves this question. What changes did we make during our lockdown, during quarantine, we now find valuable to keep? Yes, what changes did you make during your lockdown, during quarantine, that you now find valuable Valuable to keep. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books. A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble.
0: I mean, I think we can try to be proactive um, with our elder kids, with our our teens, and to sit down and have the conversation with them about what are you seeing? How are you seeing it? Um, Let's talk about what it means for you to be exposed to viral images of Black death. I had a student, Devana Jacobs, who did some work that found, not surprisingly, that um, it's deleterious to our health to watch... Um, images of of viral black death again and again and again. And she was looking at this in the context of young black women. So that's a well-duh kind of thing. We know that, yet it's really compelling and our youth are really at risk because they're on their screens, even more so in the context of Corona. Um, So I think we've got to have the conversation with them. Um, And we've got to have the, the conversation to say, how do we slow this down? What are you watching? You know, invite a teenager to think about how do you feel before this? How do you feel after this? Um, what are the ways that we can kind of restrict or moderate that exposure in a particular way? So with the older kids, I think we have to do it in that way. With our younger kids, I think we're going to try our best to limit that exposure. And I also want to frame that as that is our, our privilege. If you're not having the exposure because it's on your streets and if you're not having the exposure because it's in the choppers overhead um, and it's only in terms of media that we have to harness that our privilege is showing up in that moment um, and that we can kind of use that moment to think about, okay, They saw this on the screen. I want to pause. What did you see? How did you understand? How are you feeling? Let me explain. And also let me tell you that right now in this little moment right here that you're safe and you're okay. Um, We can try to kind of moderate that, but I also think we need to train all of our kids to be savvy consumers, to understand what is clickbait. Why are people showing this? Who gets paid when people see this? Who um, is benefiting from our anger and our rage? And who's benefiting from us getting worn down? Those are conversations that we can start when kids are little, but definitely should be moving and advancing um, as we're talking about youth here um, so that they can have some agency in what they're seeing as much as possible. And they can also work towards mediating those those um, impacts by being in relationship with us.
2: Solid, actionable counsel from Dr. Allison Briscoe-Smith. She, along with acclaimed pediatricians, Dr. Jacqueline Dujay and Dr. Nathan Chamillo, all of whom are parents, answering live questions that are moderated by Jasmine Hood Miller, also a parent, on helping kids process violence, trauma, and race in a world of nonstop news and how to speak openly, effectively, and age-appropriately with them. You can find and share the full conversation on Common Sense YouTube channel or access our parenting tips on The Journey's platform. That is thejourney.riosports.com Select Modern Families from the list of our shows. well how are you doing today in addition to exploring and sharing effective actions each of us can take to heal restore and create we're also asking and answering this question what changes did we make during lockdown we now find valuable to keep moving forward so what changes did you make during lockdown, you now find valuable to keep moving forward. Sigal Samuel put this question to Vox readers around the globe, from the United States through to the United Arab Emirates and from Portugal to Pakistan and shared with us the top eight responses we'll leave a link to the full presentation entitled quarantine has changed us and it's not all bad it's an exciting read but here are highlights uh, to number seven and number eight number seven spending more time in nature that is from morning routines that involve quiet listening on the porch with the kids to hiking and kayaking and the like and number eight working from home so what are the top changes you made that you plan to keep moving forward the conversation continues in the wake of george floyd our awakening what can we do to heal restore and create a new and better normal? In fact, what must we do? Some of our most influential voices address the question on own. Here is one of my most favorite persons in the world, Ava DuVernay.
3: For me as an artist, I started to think about these images that Rashad is talking about. What can we do? The big thing for me, and I'll be quick, is I started to try to understand why was George Floyd's tape bringing me to my knees in a way that all the racist, violent footage that I watched for 13th and reviewed all the the, the beatings and tramplings uh, to make Selma and the tapes of the boys being interrogated and prison surveillance tape and all of that for when, when they see us why did this one bring me to my knees? And it was because for me, I could see both faces in the frame clearly looking at the camera, right? And I could see that officer that Charles was talking about yesterday, clearly. And it led me to think, wow, I usually don't see the officer. I usually, the officer is behind a body cam or some fuzzy surveillance footage, just Seeing that officer's face and then knowing his name and holding him accountable just in my witnessing who he was and what he was doing is something that's been missing. So where we are as artists, we started something called the Law Enforcement Accountability Project. We call it Leap, LeapAction.org, where we are about to use narrative change to start to tell the stories and identify, amplify the identification of cops who killed Black people, right? We can no longer have this blind spot where we don't know their faces and names. That's a small thing that we can do as artists. The challenge is don't ask, do, and what can you do where you are? on top of the brilliant things that Stacy and Rashad and everyone else was talking about. So it's like uh, a
1: national registry for police officers. So, that- but it's,
3: yeah, it's, using, it's using art to really state, uh, to really make sure that we remember their names and faces with the hope that eventually that some accountability. Police unions are not holding them accountable. Courts are not con- holding them accountable. And as Stacy said, the power lies with the people. So we're gonna know your names and we're gonna know your faces. Right now, if Tamir Rice's murderer walked up to any of us, would we know him by face? No. Can we say his name? No. But we know the names of our brothers and sisters who've been murdered. And so it's not to glorify- You know that he's been moved to another precinct. we, We know that, we know that. But do the people in that community know where he is? So we'll use storytelling to do that. But it's just an example of working with what you have, where you are as an artist, that's what we're doing. And uh, we have to uh, think about changing from a posture of asking to action.
2: Eva DuVernay is the celebrated award-winning filmmaker of such phenomenal works as Selma, When They See Us, A Wrinkle in Time, Queen Sugar, Middle of Nowhere, and many more. So what can you do What must you do? What will you do? Here is the mayor of Atlanta, Georgia, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms.
1: So you think of the words of Paul Lawrence Dunbar, we wear the mask, grins and lies and hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. That's the beauty of this moment for the first time in my lifetime. Black people across America are able to unapologetically say we are angry and we are frustrated and we are hurting. But I think in the same way, white people across America are unapologetically able to say I am ignorant and perhaps I am complicit. And I think for all of the hurt and pain and agony that's gone into where we are in this moment in time, I think that is the silver lining that we get to have open conversations about what white privilege means, because usually that's a conversation that we have behind closed doors and we dare not have it uh, in front of mixed company because we don't want to offend anyone or put our positions in jeopardy. But I think the beauty of this moment is that we're even discussing it and we're having a real conversation about what it means and even how people can have that privilege and be completely oblivious uh, to being empowered by that privilege.
2: You are on the journey. The Journey's platform is thejourney.ryosports.com. The journey is one word, and Rio Sports is spelt R Y O S P O R T S. The journey dot Riosports dot com. We encourage you to visit. The conversation continues. You will find there these full conversations and others, along with recommended actions you can take to build communities and societies with a new, better sustainable normal for all here is Stacey Abrams
0: three things one call on the U.S. Senate to pass the heroes act which will fund and put guardrails on our elections so we actually have them in November it will fund the census which is going to allocate 1.5 trillion dollars and political power for a decade and it's going to fund state and local governments because as budgets get cut the things we need get cut first. Number two, fill out the census. Go to my2020census.gov because that is the allocation of political and economic power. If your community didn't get PPE during COVID-19, if your community doesn't have the resources it needs, it's because of the census, fill it out. And number three, vote. Vote like your life depends on it because as we see every day, it does.
2: now what do you want your new normal to be write that down keep it in your view what actions do you need to take to make that a reality list those actions that's the work you need to do you got this If not yet, I suspect sooner or later, you anticipate you will be out of lockdown. So what changes you made during lockdown, you plan to keep after you come out of lockdown. See if any of yours happened to make the top eight from Siegel Samuel's survey entitled Quarantine Has Changed Us and It's Not All Bad. Here are highlights from number 4, number 5 and number 6. Number 6 baking, vegetarian cooking and growing herbs. Hmm. Number 5. Exercise daily, it improves life. Sleep is better, brain feels clearer, mood improved, helps keep up with the good habits. Now isn't that interesting? Number four, ethical action and activism. Awakened. You are on The Journey. The Journey's platform is thejourney.riosports.com Riosports is spelled R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com thejourney.riosports.com We encourage you to visit us there where you'll find many different communities and many ways of meaningful engagement. We encourage you to visit the conversation continues. Perhaps you'd like to visit modern families, or games we play, or the incubator where you'll find lots of entrepreneurs, or our personal development segment. Or even check out our Soundbite Life dramatized mystery series. Book one is entitled... 2 26 a.m the gathering enjoy have any of the changes you plan to stick with post lockdown been named so far perhaps you have a unique one that needs sharing go ahead and share it you got this So are you ready for the top three on Seagull Samwell's Vox list? Number three, prioritizing family and friends. When the chips are down, you see who really shows up. So make sure the people you care about know how you feel about them. Number two, slowing down and putting less pressure on ourselves. One person said, quarantine has forced me to slow down in ways I haven't since I was a kid. And uh, the number one change people plan to keep post lockdown is reduce consumerism mend and make do the journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio
1: Rio Sports Radio and several of your favorite internet platforms download, embed and share via any of the social media
2: you love So what are you doing to heal, restore, and to create a wholesome, sustainable environment for a new and better normal? See you next week.